I'm Matt Godbolt. And I'm Ben Rady. And this is Two's Compliment, a programming podcast. Hey, Ben. Hey, Matt. What's new? Uh, well, I'm sick. Oh, yeah. You've been absent, absent from work the last few days with yeah. a head cold, right? Not, not the dreaded lurgy. Yeah, no. I, I have. Uh, it's funny actually because yesterday, I, I woke up early because I couldn't sleep because I was all my brain was full of snot, and <laughs> uh, I came down and I, you know, sat down on my desk here in my house and started working, and like fourteen hours later, I was like, I should go to bed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That. And it was only because I was just super absorbed in work and kind of trying to distract myself from the in, fact in that a I good was way. Sick. I hope. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where um, I really have to be cognizant of not getting too absorbed in what I'm doing because I know that I will burn myself out if I do that every day. But um, yesterday it was actually kind of like good therapy. Uh, and I, I sort of like was thinking about, uh, you know, some of the folks at Twitter that are doing that not of their own free will these days. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, going like, you know, I have to, I have to be careful cause I, I don't want to. Talking of being careful now, you and I, I usually go out of our way not to mention anything that's particularly contemporary because we no, like to true, reorder yeah. our episodes as we see fit. <laughs> and now we're exposed to having to release this one sooner rather than later. Otherwise people will, well, that's assuming that by the time you're listening to this, Twitter even still exists. Yeah. I do hope I mean, it does. You know, it survived it's, a lot over the years. That's true. We, I, we, we are not. That is not the topic for today. That is so not the fact today's that that topic. That has occurred will not be a surprise to but our listener. I would like to point out many. that it is. I'm excited for you that you are ex- as excited about what you're doing for your day job right now that you can spend 14 hours straight and and then oh, ask yeah. the self limit because you will otherwise uh-huh. burn yourself out in a good way because you choose to. Yeah, yeah. So that's great yeah. news. And no, that and it's it's been fun. They the day job these days has been quite good. But anyway, that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not today. what we're talking about today. No. In fact, mm-hmm. we, as always, have our carefully chosen 20 seconds before clicking record topic, mm-hmm. which is a surprising, difficult issue that came up in my little open source project. And mm-hmm. I was surprised how difficult adding a particular feature was. And I was thinking to myself, this could be like a, one of those coding interview questions that you could give to somebody. And then I don't really like those at the best of days, but you know sometimes you have to come up with them. And then I thought, well, let's talk about it on a podcast because it's kind mm-hmm. of an interesting problem. So the problem is this. Let's suppose, hypothetically, you have a website and because you have very strong opinions about the amount of advertising or otherwise on your website, you want to strictly limit the number of little icons for your advertisers stroke sponsors to some number so i only want to show say three icons at the top right hand corner of my website because any more than that and it drives me mad and i'm sure it drives my users mad so that's the starting point then i suppose you've got multiple sponsors and you have uh agreements with those sponsors that say hey I need to show your icon at least one in every 
n page loads and you know those so far you have, you have three sponsors and three slots and so the algorithm has been hard code the three icons into the top of the page and get on with your life so that's a pretty good algorithm so far but then imagine a fourth sponsor comes along and you realize <laughs> suddenly you have to make a runtime determination about which sponsors to show when so that you can hand on heart go to each sponsor and say hey your icon is being showed this many times and i have metrics to track that so i can actually show people this right and because the easy route would just be to randomly show them and then hope the law of large numbers comes along your side and just make sure manually that there is no uh there's no like it's not impossible for you to show the requisite number of time uh, of sponsors per time um mm -hmm. you know that that's not fun i'd like to come up with an algorithm which can <laughs> provably show that i can get every single sponsor shown and that there will be no issue or it will throw an exception and say nope you've oversold everything you can't keep everybody happy now and you might have to go to yes. four icons so that was the problem i was facing and i sat down and i wrote something and it turned out to be substantially more difficult than I thought it should be. <laughs> so just to clarify here, this is the promise that you've made to your sponsors. That's correct. Is that you you will show their little icon, their image, um, some percentage of the page page loads. That's correct. Yeah. So just sort of like thinking of this at at first pass, like, and you sort of alluded to this, like, it is possible that for more sponsors than three you you you've actually overcommitted right if for example uh, i said to each sponsor a hundred percent and i had four right. sponsors and three slots it's yes. trivially well i can't satisfy that right there's no yes. sequence of of shif shifting them around that that makes it fair to all my sponsors because they'll all be less than a hundred percent right right but if i have okay. four and each one is thirty percent of the time then obviously it's pretty trivial to just mm -hmm. keep cycling them around and, you know, shifting, literally shifting them along, you know, show one, two, three, two, three, four, three, four, one, four, one, two, mm -hmm. blah. There you are. They'll get shown a lot more than one in three. And that's great. Mm -hmm. So that's a good mm -hmm. solution. And as a human, you'd sit down and work that out. Mm -hmm. As a computer, you could reasonably, you know, imagine you came up with an algorithm and all it has to do is say, satisfy the constraints that I've agreed. A solution to that problem where you have four sponsors and one in three is to have sponsors one and two, and then show three and four on alternate page loads in the third slot. Mm. Right? That also, you know, the, the first two sponsors are getting 100% coverage. The other two are getting 50% right. coverage. So that's also right. a solution. Yeah, and yeah. then that was the, when I wrote the algorithm, finally got an algorithm which didn't immediately blow up. That's what it did. It found, I said, like, this is perfect. And I realized there was, I was missing a constraint. Yeah. Yeah. You want to balance them. Exactly. So you also want to yeah. say for a given frequency folks who are being shown one in three should be shown around about the same amount and that's what makes it even more difficult because you've gone from something which is trivially provable um and, and i was thinking about this in terms of you know complexity theory um if i if i set if, if, the, if forgetting how complicated the, the, the algorithm that generates the solution is, and say, let's mm -hmm. say the solution is an array of N samples of sponsors, right? So let's say there's mm -hmm. just 10 of them, and 
there each each of those uh, ten um, array has a, a, a choice, three sponsors at a time. And I could mm-hmm. say that to you, say like, if you were to just cycle through these one iteratively, then it would it would meet my commitments, right? right. That would be like a, a something you could say. Um, you can in a, in a very straightforward way, you can see if it is a solution, right? So it, it's. Mm-hmm. The the solution is can be checked in polynomial time if we're thinking about like NP and non NP kind of problems, right? Like so, a solution where you're saying is this, um, does this meet the criteria of all of the sponsors individually? You go well, there are there's ten slots. Sponsor one is shown four times. Sponsor two is shown four times. And sponsor three is shown four times. Whatever. Then that's more than a third of the time. So they're all fine. Okay, this is definitely a correct solution, and so that becomes one category of difficulty. As soon as you say, I want to minimize the amount of difference between the numbers of times a sponsor is shown, mm-hmm. it goes into a new category because to check that answer, you have to solve the problem yourself. I, I could give you mm. something which like meets the criteria of like it's definitely one in three or more than one in three, but t- mm-hmm. to prove that it's minimal is also NP hard or NP difficult or NP whatever the, the categories are. So it turned out to be more in, more interesting than i than i thought um and there are definitely online algorithms for doing this kind of thing but what i wanted to do and this is the the critical thing and this is we'll get it, get it into one of your uh favorite subjects is i wanted to write tests and yeah i was just gonna say anytime you're dealing with, with sort of randomness that becomes tricky right exactly right and so when i was explaining yeah. this to a friend down the pub the other night as you do um his solution was immediately like a dynamic programming algorithm, which just uses essentially an error metric of like, how often have I shown each one? And then each time you get to choose. So every time the page loads up, it effectively rechooses another sample. And that's kind of how I solved it as well. That's, that's what my solution is like that. But rather than doing a choice every time and or having randomness and or dealing with, you know, well, there are top, lots of servers. Each one of the servers has its own idea about which solution mm-hmm. is what. I wanted to be able to write tests so i wanted to be able to say generate me a minimal set and then i can compare it against what a human would have chosen for a mm. a, a set of, a rotation like uh, that would work and satisfy all those constraints now obviously like i said at the beginning if you just did a random thing you could definitely say well just pick them with one third probability you know scale the probabilities and then just keep picking them and, and see and then you would you would get an answer i'm quite sure you get an answer but you would never be able to write a test that wasn't anything other than seed the random number generator with a known good seed run right. the test for 100 and going to go well empirically i meet the criteria after 100 iterations so that's probably fine and I don't yeah. like that because it doesn't. I, I I can't tell if the algorithm is wrong or right or anything. It just seems that. Right. Also, those kinds of tests are super hard to read. But yeah. So let me make sure that I understand what what you're trying to get at here. So you wanna you wanna build an algorithm that's gonna produce basically a a script, a list of the configurations that are going to be shown. Correct. And maybe I don't know, just to have the page just rotate through that list. Uh. Yeah. Over and over again. Okay. Cool. And then your tests then, are you expecting a stable output from the execution of that algorithm? So your test could be like, yeah, solve this problem for these constraints, and then it will produce that script. And then like in the most basic case, you could literally just assert that, you know, for this configuration with these constraints, 
it produces this result, and if I change the configuration, I will get a different result. That is, is that exactly a fair summary. Exactly correct. Yes, and so for yeah. the very simple cases, yes, you can sort of squint and say, well, what would I do as a human? And then, mm-hmm. obviously, modulo ordering that where it doesn't matter. And in fact, I enforce a sort ordering uh, within the icons just to make it sort of stable, like you said. Uh, yeah, I, that's what most of my tests are. They're like, well, I've got five sponsors and three slots, and then these these two have this frequency, these three, two have this frequency, this one has to be shown every time, and then this is the only solution that I could think of. And maybe it comes up with a slightly different solution, and then I just write, convince myself the solution is equivalent, and then say, okay, well, that's the one I'm codifying here. It's like my algorithm. So it's a little bit uh, uh, black box testy, or, um, or, or not the other thing, the other type. <laughs> Um, you know, it's 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 definitely a little bit oversensitive to the nuances of the algorithm in that, but it is at least human understandable, right? You can say this looks reasonable to me, like one two three, one two four, one two three. There you go. All right, now we've got all that. The ratios are right. Everyone's about equal. That looks good to me. I'm I'm fine right. with it. Yeah, and you could send that to all of your sponsors and be like, "This is literally what we did." Exactly. Right? If 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 right. so if, it's nice if they can, and from that standpoint, I should like the record to to to, to note that. My sponsors have shown no indication that they give any kind of care at all about this, other than like I have an agreement that says one in N, and yeah. I'm sure they'll take my word for it. But I would like them to know that I've really thought hard about it to make sure I'm giving everyone a fair <laughs> shot. But yeah, right. so it's um, it's an it was an interesting problem, and I I I, I sent out a message in this sort of random channel at work, and I'm afraid to say we paralyzed half of our math PhDs. Oh yeah, it was a wonderful nerd snap. <laughs> when they all started citing N choose K papers and the choice problem and all this kind of stuff. But um yeah, it was it was fun to discover. And as I say, it makes for I it might make for an interesting interview question. Uh, even if you know how to do it, which I think I do now. I you know there's still mm-hmm. a lot to discuss in terms of like testability like we've just been doing here. Um mm-hmm. I in, in I should say that I did also write, as well as all these little unit tests, I did actually write an actual test that says, just generate, a th- call the the code that's going to use the pre-canned list, um, having mm-hmm. created the pre-canned list, and do it, you know, sample it a thousand times, and let's just make sure that on aggregate it still actually does keep to mm-hmm. all of those mm-hmm. criteria that are, like each sponsor is one and end. So that's that's kind of my integration test there, where not only is I'm, I'm like. I'm I'm sort of rendering the page effectively and then looking mm-hmm. at the icons and going like did these come out right which tests both the does the icon thing do the right thing as well as does it correctly call the underlying algorithm and then does it in fact choose a new and different one of the possible solutions yeah, each time yeah, round yeah. you know like round robin or whatever it's doing you know it strikes me that that actually might be a good application of a generative testing or property based Oh testing that's interesting. Framework. Yeah. Um if you, especially if you wanted to be able to sort of dial up or down the amount of time you were willing to spend verifying the algorithm. Yeah. Right? Like you're never going to be able to get 100% certainty with a generative test, but you can be like, I ran this for 12 hours testing all possible combinations that the generative testing framework could come up with, and all of them satisfied the constraints. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not 100% sure that this is correct but i'm like many many nines sure that's that this is that's correct. really valid i mean obviously this is overkill all this stuff's overkill because given the <laughs> of course. n will be three page slots and maybe four maybe five sponsors total ever 
Um, again, right, a perfectly right. valid solution to this entire problem is Godbolt sits down and writes out the list and then types it into the code, right? <laughs> Literally yep. hard yep. codes the list in. That's completely uh-huh. reasonable. But it right. was a really fun exercise in in uh, determining, you know, solving a problem that is actually quite computer sciencey. Uh huh. But so, the, so the, are you gonna? Li- I was gonna well, say go about ahead. the generative. The, the the thing that strikes me about the generative is that it is easy to given a you know a generate generated set of constraints like n mm-hmm. slots m sponsors with this many like uh, constraints themselves to prove that the result that you got out of the algorithm is correct right that mm-hmm. i think is what you're talking about here is like sort of essentially randomly choose the number of slots randomly choose a bunch of sponsors call the algorithm and then you can using this simple algorithm of like just counting the the number of occurrences and dividing them by how many times uh, how many things mm-hmm. you got back um you can say yeah this definitely hit the constraints that we cared about although again the balance between sponsors is a bit more subtle in terms of mm-hmm. that right but mm-hmm. ignoring that part for now you can say okay this is probably correct what you can't do is check that if it turns around and says there's no solution you can't tell if it's right or not mm. so if it picks uh interesting you know four slots and then 10 sponsors that have to be shown one in seven yeah, or whatever, right, something course. weird like that. You're uh-huh. like, I don't know trivially yeah. if that's solvable or not without writing right. the algorithm right. myself again, which uh-huh. defeats the point. So you could, again, but it certainly allows you to approach the, um, con- uh, the, the conclusion that it'll either blow up incorrectly and tell you that something doesn't fit that you think could fit. But if uh-huh. it does give you a solution, it is a, it is a valid solution. So that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. probably okay because again, if you're if you're if you're on the phone to the sponsor <laughs> and you're saying okay, one in one in two, or three and mm-hmm. seven, okay, three and seven, we can do three and seven, and then I just type the thing, hit enter, and gonna go, oh yeah, it, it can find a solution for you. Yes, we're good, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean you could definitely have a, a a generative test that, like, if I was writing something like that, I would first start writing it with. Um, constraints that I knew couldn't be solved for, and then I would run the generative test until it blew up, having hit one of those constraints, just to make sure I'd written the generative test properly. Right, that's right? true. And then and then dial back the constraints until I sort of fit like the very edges of what I thought could be solved, and then let it run for a wrong time and figure out if we agree, basically. Right, 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 um, right. And then see like, okay, yeah, and then you know if you if it blows up and says, oh, I couldn't come up with a solution for this. Then you sort of look at that and go like, oh yeah, no, you're right. There is I I can't come up with a solution for that either. Does that mean there's not one? No, but between you know the the algorithm, the tests, and me, we can't come up with one. So, um, but yeah, that's super interesting. So I mean, I gotta say though, like, are you gonna leave our listener hanging by not explaining what your solution oh, was? Because I feel like I mean, you, we've got code. So the, it's <laughs> it's effectively the dynamic programming solution so uh mm-hmm. i have my array of of uh sponsors to fill mm-hmm. and the first thing i do is i sort all of the sponsors by how their current occurrence compares to their their hoped occurrence right how how okay. you know like you know so you start out and nobody's been seen ever right so everyone's equally mm-hmm. um badly placed right so at that right. point you just pick three arbitrarily out of your list and you put them in but now they've had now they roll at a hundred percent right which is obviously higher than the the target that they wanted and that's fine mm-hmm. higher is is always better right 
So then on the next iteration, you say, okay, who all else needs to be fitted in? And then you sort the, sort them still, and you say, well, okay, well, those three are now at the bottom of the list, and mm-hmm. maybe the other sponsor gets the to the top of the list now because he, you know that sponsor is out by a hundred percent or out by thirty percent, thirty three percent, and the others are now like at potentially fifty percent because they would have been shown for half the time. So okay, he's more out than they are, so we mm-hmm. need to pick him first. Okay, cool, and then you just pick any of the other two again, right? Now you've got those two mm-hmm. in. And now you update the counts again and say, okay, now we've got a better idea when we're sort of asymptotically approaching the, the, the right numbers for them all. Uh, as you Yeah, go. okay. But the other thing that I do, and this is the second constraint, so that will immediately find a, 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 a solution to the, the problem of having four where they have to be shown one in three. That will immediately follow this, find the solution where it goes one, two, three, one, two, four, we're done. And you're like, I, no, no, I, that's not fair on three and four they get shown half as often as one and two even though they all pay in the same amount of money right which is effectively what this all amounts to so adding that constraint of like saying um i want to reduce the standard deviation of occurrences for sponsors that are at the same tier so if you're a one in three guy then i'm going to get all of the other sponsors that are one in three and i will say how many occurrences are there of each of those what is the standard deviation of those counts? If they're all the same, the standard deviation is zero. It means like everyone's got po- perfectly fair. But if it's like mm-hmm. two and O and O, the standard deviation is, you know, huge, huge. I don't know, two probably, near right. a two. And so that's too high. And so we're going to keep going. And then that also gets counted in like their score as to whether or not they should be picked or not. It's like how behind they are, their, their, uh, uh, their contemporaries. And so you just Got keep it. going until you hit the, the hit assist, uh, a, a set where all of your constraints appear to be, sorry, all your constraints in terms of the number of times of, that things are being shown have been met, and there isn't a single standard deviation amongst all of the the sponsors at the same level where anyone's been put out by more than whatever threshold you've decided is like that's fine mm-hmm. i think my threshold set to mm-hmm. a quarter or something like that so like everyone has to be mm-hmm. pretty much on the same number maybe one higher than the other right, right. and that means that the algorithm will keep going in, in the case of you know like a um uh, you know a, a, like a rounding error of like well it's 0.3333333 it'll keep going and adding more and more and more and more until eventually it goes well i've they're close enough now they're within a quarter of a standard deviation over the number of of choices that i'm going to make now yeah you can see you looking and thinking now well so so the first thing i'm kind of thinking about here is so you you the 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 you're you're actually able in this algorithm to bucket the sponsors into the the like fixed frequencies yes right like you have it's not a continuum because i've, I've phrased it as right, one in n say, rather than 33 percent or whatever now i'm sure i could come up with an equivalent scoring that sort of says how fair is this now? One thing that occurred to me is that the algorithm could, in fact, pick a sponsor that's paying less money to more often than the sponsor who pays more money. If there's like competition at one level, so you could imagine weird mm-hmm. situations like that. And I haven't put that constraint in yet. But my my instinct is that you could come up with a uh, uh, a score that you want to either maximize or minimize, depending on which way you do about like how good this particular choice is, and then you keep going until either that that score is as high as it could be or as low as you like if it's an error as low as uh, as as you want or maybe you go until it stops changing between iterations and you go well this is the best i got and then if it's not getting any better you're like well then no solution exists which is kind of where i ended up although i just got a hard coded let set of like if you get to 100 and you can't fit these constraints then probably that's not 
you know that's not good yeah. enough and so i'm i'm certain and maybe somebody who's listening now is jumping up and down in their chair or is is walking their dog <laughs> shouting into the void about like this well of course you use you know brisenham's blah blah, blah algorithm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right uh-huh but and if so please let me know or send me a pr or whatever it's just it's one of those things that i enjoyed the intellectual challenge i enjoyed the intellectual challenge of uh of trying to think of a solution and probably somebody smarter than me is going to say oh there's just a closed form solution but as i say a bunch of math phds couldn't come up with an answer in an afternoon of work right right and i mean it's in a lot of ways, I mean, this is kind of like a portfolio optimization problem. That's right? the funny thing, is it is very similar to our day job. Yeah, yeah. That's that's very interesting. I actually... I was going to say, it's actually an interesting um, problem that presumably every online advertiser kind of has to solve as well. They're trying to maximize mm-hmm. their profit given X, Y, and Z constraints. Like Google can't show you 100 ads. It can show you three mm-hmm. or four or debatably how many 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 of the actual results are in fact ads hiding as such but whatever the idea being is like i show you the three best and how do you determine those three best especially quickly right right and then there's the meta portfolio optimization problem where google has to decide how many slots for advertisers will make us the most money right Right. oh gosh (laughs) so you got to optimize that portfolio problem based on the greater constraints of like how many will users tolerate uh yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. you know i just plucked three out of of thin air and thought well this looks like it's there's enough space on the page for three right right right. hopefully did i tell you about uh uh, the the change to uh have we ever talked about bank of dad we've talked about bank of dad i don't know if we talked about it on air but we've talked about no, Bank of Dad. No, I don't think we have talked about it. Which, you know, is a great way of bankrupting uh, yourself, as you're about to explain. I mean, you know, for a greater cause. So, so, so for our listener, uh, Bank of Dad is this thing that I actually got from a coworker many, many years ago, where his dad would, would pay him a ridiculous monthly interest rate for money that was, quote-unquote, deposited in the Bank of Dad, like 5% a month, so long as he calculated the interest properly and this is when you know it was like six seven eight nine years old right and so i've done this with our kids for a long time and what happens what i've discovered is you got to make the problem harder and harder and harder otherwise you're really not getting a good return on your bank of dad interest payments (laughs) and these days for my oldest we have given them a portfolio optimization problem oh my word um because we did we went from you know, simple monthly compounding interest to daily compounding interest to uh, continuous compounding interest to continuous compounding interest. Uh, We actually had a a version of this where it was like, I would give them the interest amount for the month, assuming continuous compounding, and they had to figure out the interest rate. Oh. Um, So inverting the problem. And now the latest version of this has been a portfolio optimization problem where I say something along the lines of like, okay, you can pick the interest rate and the number of days that that interest is applied, um, but there's a fee calculation that is a function of those things. And so you have, and so the fees will be deducted from your total interest. And so you have to figure out which combination of interest rate and days results in the highest actual payment to you. Oh my gosh. 
Um, and this has been, and, and of course I now have, I've set myself up now for the future of having like infinitely many dimensions <laughs> to add to this portfolio optimization problem where I say, okay, and here's another fee and here's another fee and here's another fee and here's another so fee. By, by, um, by the time they graduate from bank of dad, they'll be running their own <laughs> trading system against the world, rightly, or, or, or like having to solve the same problems that we do. Yeah, that's really. Cool. I mean, we've already we've already kind of busted out a little bit of Python to try to solve some of these. Oh things. gosh! So it's it's leading it's leading in a good dimension. But yeah, both my kids are are um, at least one of them is well versed with this type of problem, and the other one is sort of like looking over the the ones and going, oh, like, oh, is this is this hard. how? And you're gonna have to come up with something more complicated. Oh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Factorize um, yeah, this those... large prime number correctly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, other people make their kids like mow the lawn and clear clear snow, rake leaves. In my household, I torture my children to do their um, music practices. Right, that's how they get their allowance. Um, and mm -hmm. but for you, they have to calculate portfolio optimization to in order to get. I guess this is interest on their deposit of the allowance that they yeah, had. Yeah. So gosh. Yes. We. We did have to put a cap on the total amount of money that it's in Bank of Dad because I started projecting out and I'm like, uh, we're not going to be able to make the mortgage payments if I keep <laughs> it's like, continuing on this pattern. Like Donald Knuth who stopped giving out uh, payments. Yeah. Uh, he was doubling the, the reward for every bug you found, wasn't he, for a long time and then went, you know, uh, now we're up to $1,024. It's no joke if someone finds a yeah. typo. And so uh, yeah. I believe he gives out... Um, like checks that are like not cashable, like they're fake, like Donald Knuth mm -hmm. checks. Uh, I had a friend at Google who had one and pr proudly had it on his on his uh, uh, desk, but you know it wasn't actual real money, and and for good reason, mm -hmm. really. I mean, that was maybe a mistake right. on Knuth's part, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right, my friend. But yeah, well, those those my those kinds of problems are are all over the place. Is is sort of my point, right? Here, and they are very interesting when you find them. Yeah, they are. There are more places than you might imagine. And most of the time, of course, when people like we interview people and it's like we talk about potentially like problems that involve like what big O notation does this particular algorithm have? And then, you know, most of the time the problem is why is this not compiling? Uh, hang on a second. <laughs> have you got your environment set up yeah. right? Oh, wait a second. Yeah, right. Just yeah, no, put, 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 put another space between these two things over here, please. And all that. Yes. And it's never and actually a problem that's yeah. <laughs> algorithmic in nature. But every now and then... Right. You hit one, yes. and you're very pleased. Uh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Cool. All right, my friend. Well, thank you for listening to my, my problem. And um, if, No, no, this is, very, this is a great episode. If folks have any uh, better ideas, then you know, let us know, and uh, yeah. I'll see you the next time. Yep. Bye. You've been listening to Two's Compliment, a programming podcast by Ben Rady and Matt Godbold. Find the show transcript and notes at www.twoscompliment.org. Contact us on Mastodon. We are at twoscompliment at hackyderm.io. Our theme music is by Inverse Phase. Find out more at inversephase.com. <laughs>